Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the ANI Golf Channel podcast, coming up, we chat about the Ryder Cup captaincy. We look ahead to the Masters, and we will usually sink people. And we also hear from Barry McCauley, who's the Golf Operations Manager at Lockern Resort, on news that the 2022 PGA EuroPro Tour finale will be staged at the resort in October. But before any of that, Miss Emma. Hello. What about this stat from during the week after the Valspar? Okay. Rory, Mc, Rory McElroy. Prepare gra- to feel old, everybody. That's what I'm yeah. going to say. At, the, gra- at, the, <laughs> at the grand old age of 32. <laughs> yeah. He is now the oldest player among the world's top 10. And that's after DJ dropped to 11. The average age is 27.71. Evidence, if ever you needed it, that golf is now a young man's game. Discuss. A hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, when you put it like that, it's really very much to be discussing. I mean, to be disgusted, yes, but (laughs) but not discussing. I mean, it's some stat, isn't it? When you saw that he was... DJ was on the verge of being pushed out. That was kind of one thing, but the what it's actually meant is like, oh my word, that's unbelievable, isn't it? I think, I think the thing is as well that some of the some of the guys in there, like Ram, is the first one that comes to mind, obviously because we love him. He's so much younger than you always think he is. Not not because he's been around forever, but he's just been at a level forever. Yeah. It feels like he's just been there. And yes, he was a lot of a angrier little. Ram, should we say? And that side of it seems to have tailed off a wee bit. But other than that, you know, they're all and they've just got they've got old heads on their shoulders, but in a good way, I think. Would you agree with that? Like Morikawa yeah. talking to the presser today. He's just, uh, you know, he's it's just it's great. Or just they're they're great, they're great to watch, and they come across as a generally as a great bunch of guys as well, I have to say. I don't don't think any of us begrudge any of them being there. Just jealous that they're so young and talented and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Yeah, we, we will settle you for being bitter and twisted about it. <laughs> uh, Victor, Victor Hovland's the youngest. He's 24. Okay, so yeah. what we're talking about is the likes of these young fellas, you know, Colin Markawa, Patrick Cantley, who seems to be around forever as well, but then he'd start very young. Scotty yeah. Scheffler, once again, plays older than his years. Yeah. Um, Xander Schuffler is nine. Sam Burns, of course, who, who who's pushed his way into 10 there. Yeah. You know, it is just, it, I think, certainly when I was growing up and probably when you were, I know you're a wee bit younger than me, but uh, it tended to be that golfers had to mature a bit mm-hmm. for the competed and for the contended. But now these guys are coming out ready made to go. And, you know, the fields are so strong that these guys play in. The rankings are so quickly racked up. They just yeah. jump into the top 10 and uh, they don't seem uncomfortable with the space that they're in. They're ready to go. The Tiger generation. Yeah, absolutely. They come, they come out all guns blazing and no fear in them at all. They've got nothing to work, you know. They've enough nothing to prove to anybody. So if they're already playing at the level, then they just seem to adjust so quickly to what is a huge platform. Like I think, you know, we've obviously debated in the past and 
people seem to be talking about it now because of the threat of other leagues and things about you know where the tours lie in relation to each other and all the rest of it and the PGA Tour is just I mean it's exceptional isn't it that there's no two ways about it whether you like that or you like the way that we now refer to the European Tour whatever else it's ridiculous and they just they just pop out there and off they go and they're calm and maybe they take maybe one or two events to, to settle in and then they're winning that's the other thing they come out and there's you know well Scottish Effler's like suddenly the what's the American word the winningest which is not a word guys the winningest uh, guy on tour this season and you know it's just it's unbelievable the way they they do it it's yeah it takes and then you know you've got Spieth who's done that and been away and, and come back again and he's you know he's not exactly old either <laughs> he's already come full circle so it is it's unbelievable and I think it feeds in you know we're saying Victor's in there and obviously John Ram as well but it's also where the slight fear for the Ryder Cup there we mentioned that comes in again when you see it's it's the Americans that are turning yeah turning them out like that isn't it yeah. and the Ryder well, Cup was evidence of it wasn't it that's right that's definitely it I think if we're if we're looking just off the top of the the rankings at the minute and it's inside the top 10 Marikawa Cantley Scheffler Justin Thomas who's practically ancient Xander Souffle <laughs> Sam Burns and then you have Dustin Johnson and below that you have Bryson Jordan Spieth mm-hmm. Billy Horschel there's Billy Horschel's now inside yeah. the top 20 um it's pretty it's pretty international. You've got John Ram, Hovland, Cam Smith, and Rory all mm-hmm. in there inside the top 10. Hideki Matsuyama's at 12. Louis Eustace still knocking about there. 14. He must be the old man of the party. Terrell yeah. Hatton. That's the consistency, though, Hansen. isn't it? Yeah. It's consistency of Eustace. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> which, which, just to suppose, I suppose it talks to the international nature of the game. But as you say, it does focus on this group of young, ready-made American superstars who are swiping all before them. And Rory must wonder what he did wrong. Because at one stage, he was a bright young thing and now he's the old thing. It was him. Yeah, exactly. He he was them, wasn't he? And for such a long time. And now, yeah, hopefully that doesn't get in his head, though. We don't, we don't need anything else in that we had. <laughs> yeah, imagine Rory having an existential crisis about his age and him 32 <laughs> I'd be watching the Peppa Pig for himself trying to feel younger and <laughs> <laughs> right well just while we're still focusing on these top young players um, and you mentioned the Ryder Cup there so we had the big announcement there recently that Henrik Stenson had been named European Ryder Cup captain, and that followed on from Zach Johnson um, over in America being named the Ryder Cup captain for them. Mm-hmm. And there was some debate in the media about, you know, really with Henrik's dalliance, shall we say, with the whole Saudi thing, whether he was the, the man for the job. Does it really matter? Are Europe going to get hammered no matter who they've got? It certainly feels that way, doesn't it? It feels there's a wee bit of resignation about the whole thing that certainly in the near future, the next couple, it's going to be an upward battle. And therefore, maybe they are choosing people in a different way. Maybe they're not being as 
strict about whatever criteria they've used in the past and you know I think a lot of people as well were maybe a bit miffed on behalf of Luke Donald who's been building his back backroom staff career up nicely as well I mean Henrik's been around for a long time as well but you know Luke's been he's one of our best ever performers on in the Ryder Cup he's been quietly being vice captain and all the rest of it and but then we had we had quiet and calm approach, you know, personified from Harrington, and that didn't quite work. So maybe they've just gone the other way. Yeah. I hope they've said something to look. I hope he's still, you know, an heir to the throne at some point. I mean, there's no way they can overlook him all together because I think he would be a good captain. But is it going to then end up being him when we're back in America? And is that I don't know. There's so there's there's a lot of what ifs, but at the same time. I think, apart from anything, the sheer relief, personally, of seeing them having announced somebody was quite big because it felt like there was a, a bit of a struggle going on even to find someone. And that, even from the offset, that just doesn't feel like a very good two-year campaign, does it, when the Americans are so definite and Johnson was announced and everyone was behind them, even though there were some dubious Mickelson questions, and which I think is just going to become part of life, isn't it? Dubious Mickelson questions. But... um. But yeah, and we had nothing and there was no hint and there was no, it was like, oh God, we've, it feels like we've lost this already or maybe we're like, maybe we're session down already. Maybe that's the, maybe that's more accurate. It just didn't feel very positive, but he's got a great vibe of what him has in the Henrik. He's got all the players absolutely love him. He's got a great sense of humour. He can be obvious. I mean, that duel for, to win the Open with Mickelson was incredible. You know, he's got the steel. He is the Iceman. He's all those things, but he does have a sense of humour and you think maybe this is, you know, maybe we do need to just lighten up a bit and not say that we are lightened up and we are all friends and we all like it. Just maybe we actually need to go and do it and they actually need to genuinely feel it again. I don't know. That's just a possibility. I don't know what you think about that. Well, what I think is um, I'm concerned that Europe seems to have become a wee bit like America used to be, which was mm-hmm. the, the, the captaincy becomes like a wee, a wee prize for people who have put their time in and done well, whereas it should be going to the best candidate Hmm. and the person who's going to get you a win, okay? And I've noticed that Luke Donald, when speaking to the reporters, was talking about giving a presentation. Hmm. So he actually gave a presentation, which which means that he sat down and thought about it and come up with, can you imagine, a PowerPoint presentation? This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But anyway, uh, so he sat down and thought about it. Now, I don't know what the process is. I'd have hoped that everybody had to do the same, but you don't yeah. know. You don't know. It's all kept very cloak and dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, just, I just think that, you know, we really need to be careful that it's not becoming, as I said, a, a, a sort of a reward for sticking around, hanging around, and look mm. at look look at your years of service. No, let let's start getting people in who are actually the right person to get a European team doing well. Now Henrik might be the man. Henrik might be the man, and I hope he is. And home advantage will definitely play a big big role in it. But um, Europe has ground to make up. And the last six months since the Ryder Cup hammering has Mm. not been particularly good. The length of time it took them to make an announcement. The fact is sort of was almost shot out of a gun very quickly. In the end, there was no sort of big build up. You know, we didn't get emails. Mm. 
you know, it was like, right, we've got Henrik, let's do it now. Mm. Just think, so it's all a wee bit scattered on at the minute. So somebody needs to get them together and sort them out and get their heads together, bang a few heads and see what they're going to do. And maybe the Saudi thing is that big a deal that it's causing behind the scenes more ruckus than any of us could ever imagine. Yeah, that's a good point. There could be even more at stake or more to think about or more than we're aware of. I think, I don't know, I suppose devil advocate to you though, PK, you know, you're, you're saying we need this person, but who, if it's not theoretically Henrik, who, who on earth is it? I think that's the thing. It's not like everybody's wringing their hands going, oh, come on, it should have been A, B or C. We, that There's not even that consensus, is there? I mean, the Donald thing, you know, that that's one thing, but that falls more in with the way you're saying that we need to be careful, which I, I totally agree with you. It needs to be both those things, really. You need, I think it's it's like football managers, isn't it? The best managers aren't necessarily the people who have, who are the players that have come through even at a highest level and yeah. turned into the best managers. Yeah. It doesn't equate, but then there's certain aspects of the Ryder Cup that I think to know what it feels like to stand on that first tee and all, all those bits and pieces, or to have, to have obscenity screamed at you if you're playing in America, which is just like not what it's usually like. All those things, it does help, of course it does, but it is like, it feels like all the obvious ones have now been, maybe, and now where, yeah, where do we go? Yeah, not- yeah, it's, it's not easy. There is a, a definitely an issue, and it seems that hurt, hurtfully so that the Americans appear to be in a better position in terms of getting their house in order than the Europeans at the minute. It just mm. there doesn't seem to be that um, conveyor belt of likely captains. You have more people saying they don't want it than wanted it. Um, Henrik yeah. was kind of, he, he wasn't, he was talked about, but he wasn't being very vocal about it. The only yeah. person who was vocal about it was Luke Donald and they skipped him. Now you're getting the stage then that you're getting to Poulter, McDole, Sergio Westwood, you know, mm. the, the, <laughs> that's four off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, before Luke Donald, Garcia, I'm sure at some stage will want it. That's six or seven. And uh, it, what it, you... it's that thing though that they are all still lurking around as people who want one one last shot at being well, in the, it. They can't well, all they can't all keep playing no. forever. No, Some, they can't. Some, they somebody's going to miss out. Somebody is going to miss out, and if they well, keep, that's what we thought out, last time, though. Yeah, but if they will, somebody will miss out, and some of those ones is going to miss out, and it'll yeah. be the case that, that, that you know, if it's a pat in the back, thanks for hanging around, thanks for doing, it, and thanks for your major win. Mm. That's looks looks not looks not getting that. No. They, however, would Lee West would get it? Thanks for no, your major win. There you go. <laughs> You see, there's so many questions. There is so many questions now about Europe's Ryder Cup that there wasn't 18 yeah. years ago. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it definitely, I don't think it's in a particularly good place. And as anybody knows, however, if they go and win, it'll all be brilliant. We've done it right. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a bit worried about the whole setup. But then I'm mm. pessimistic at the best of times. <laughs> we wear sunshine or <laughs> the Euro Pro Tour is going to hold their big finale 
at Loch Erne Resort. And I had a wee chat with Barry McCauley, who's a golf operations boss down there. How are things at Loch Erne on this news about the Euro Pro Tour finale? Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's uh, it's fantastic. Um, it's great news for Loch Erne. Um, obviously we've we've um we've been working behind the scenes for a wee while, uh, trying just to secure this. But um, it's great news for Loch Erne Resort. It's great news for the Fermanagh Lake Lands area in general. Um, I think it's going to bring us some nice publicity to the area and. It'll certainly showcase the great product we have here in the Faldo course. Yeah, brilliant. So the Euro Pro Tour, that's where it all happened. You can have some broken hearts and some big stories <laughs> coming out of it. And hopefully there'll be a couple of local lads in in the hunt as well. But that now means that we've got two Euro Pro Tour events here. We've got one in Candy Boy and one obviously at yourselves. But sort of a bit more about this now. What's the feel gonna be? Is it top 30? Is it top 60? How does it work? So basically, the Euro Pro Tour finals um, will be taking place at Loch Erden Resort Faldo course um, in October 2022. It'll be running from the 17th of October right through to the 21st. So you'll have your tournaments running all summer, um, and basically the, the ranking points will build up, and the top 50 golfers from the summer tournaments will come here to play the finals in October. And they'll battle it out for the top five places. And those five lucky guys, or not lucky, uh, five hardworking, skilled golfers will get promoted then to the Challenge Tour. So, as I say, the fact that we have the, the finals here at Locker and Resort, we're very excited about that because I suppose it's the pinnacle. It's the end of the season. There'll be great interest in it. And again, we're just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I think Locker has always been uh, a venue that probably warranted some top tournaments and you've dabbled in the past with a few small events and the Faldo series and stuff like that there were there for a few years but this is a wee step up what about the venue what about the course has there been a bit of work done over the winter yeah um i suppose in terms of the the course itself paul um as i'm sure you know from being down here before and playing it um it's a really good layout you know what we strive to do is just maintain it and ensure that you know it, it's in top condition um, all year round where possible, but especially for the peak season. Um, there's been no major changes because, you know, as I say, the layout of the course itself is fantastic and every hole is nearly like a new hole on its own. So the, there's no changes in that way. But um, I suppose a big project we done over the winter there was uh, the reeds on the fifth hole, which is uh, the par three dovecote carry um, over the water. Um, it's a 190-yard par three. Um, the reeds kind of on the on the lake had grown up a wee bit, and and the green was a little bit hidden. So we've kind of we've we've opened that all up, and it's now a lovely 190 yard carry across the across the water. So it's very much a signature par three on the front nine. Um, but again, uh, as I say, the, the the main goal we have here at at Lockern is is maintaining the golf course because, as I say, the layout's fantastic, and it's just a matter of keeping it in pristine condition for our our visitors and members alike. Uh, talking about visitors and members, obviously we've had a couple of quiet years. COVID has been an issue for all the, the resort courses. Are you starting to see an uptick? Yeah, um, very much so. Um, even even more so, I suppose, in, in, in the peak of last summer when we got our, our corporate days running again and our societies and obviously the member golf was going from earlier in the summer. But um, I suppose whenever we got into the middle of the summer, late summer, it, it was really booming again last year. So it just it's it's really good to get back to a bit of normality and, and to have the atmosphere that 
you know, golf's not just about, I suppose, going out there and competing. It's it's about the all-around atmosphere of, you know, in, enjoying the whole social scene as well. So we're very much back there and, and you know, no better venue than ourselves here with with um, three different restaurants on site, um, you know, for an atmosphere to enjoy not just around the golf, but the post-golf celebrations as well as such, you know. Very good. Now, for, there'll be some people maybe haven't got down to play locker and, um Maybe there's a few people who are looking at the uh, the schedule on the Euro Pro Tour and thinking, oh, I'd like to get down there. Length, how tough is it? Where does it rate in the slope? What what are we looking at? How far back can you purchase these? Yeah, well, um, I suppose for your, your general amateur golfer um, on the domestic market here locally, um, your competition tees and um, the white tee markers, you're looking at about 6,300 um, yards. Um, we do have five sets of tee markers here. Um, so we, we can accommodate all levels of golfer from professional right down to beginner. Um, the back tees here are 7,200 yards. Um, so it proves a very long, challenging um, round of golf. But as I say, you know we do have five options there for, for all levels of golfers, which which makes it ideal for, for every market segment, you know. Yeah. Um- in terms of big competitions and low scores, what's a low score round locker at the minute? Probably you. Tell me it's you. Tell me you shot a 66 there. Go on, Barry. <laughs> I, could tell, I could tell you that, yeah, but it, it didn't count because it wasn't in a competition. What about that, Paul? But no, I'll tell you, uh, Rory McElroy actually holds the course record here. Um, a 69 off the black sticks. Um, I know... Uh, for instance, our, our own PGA professional and all-round top guy, Damien Mooney, um, he will have shot some low scores around here, but maybe not off the back sticks. So it wouldn't be an official course record, Paul. So uh, the official course record is Rory McIlroy off the, off the back sticks with a 69. So I do think maybe in October we could see we could see a few players uh, beating that, to be fair, you know. Um, Rory only had one crack at it. These players will have, a, they'll have three or four rounds to, to beat it, you know. And is the format the usual pro-am and then the competition, or is it just straight into the competition, a couple of practice days? It's um, it's it's the usual format. It is the pro-am is the first day, and um, again, it'll be the the top fifty pros that that qualify. Um, out of out of the top fifty, how many will be selected for the pro-am? I'm not just sure yet, but again, that'll be all finalised in the planning meetings that'll take place in the summer. Um. But again, the pro amateur take place day one, and then you've got three days of tournament play, um, for the pros only. So, um, again, what I'm what I'm looking forward to about the pro am, I suppose, is it's a great opportunity for the the local businesses potentially to get involved, maybe with sponsorship. Um, I'm sure we'll 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 try and run a few qualifiers for um our members um to qualify potentially to play in, in a pro am team. Um, we could also run some qualifiers for visitors to, to potentially qualify as well. But as I say, all will be revealed as we go forward with uh, with uh, planning meetings with the, the European uh, Pro Tour uh, Committee. Yeah. Um, just uh, just quickly on uh, the venue there, you've got the, the big follow course, obviously, Castle Hume, so also nearby. So it's another quality track. We attempted to use Castle Hume as well or... Yeah, well, um, obviously, obviously, Castle Hume is is a fantastic parkland course in, in its in its own right. It's um, a more mature, um, heavily tree lined, um, with a lot of bunkers out there to catch you out. Just your your typical old style parkland, and um, the greens are just running fabulous down there all year round. 
Um, for this particular event, uh, the, the guys felt that the Faldo course um, was, was the chosen destination as such, and they wanted to have it um, symmetric over the three days. I suppose in terms of um, showcase and publicising as, as well, the Faldo course um, will look just amazing on Sky Sports whenever it's going to be uh, showcased on the highlight show. Um, from previous experience, having um, Nick Doherty's Tea Time Tips here last year, for example, um, we, we all got to see what the Faldo course was like on, on TV, and I think um, everybody can agree that it just looks absolutely stunning. Have you any other competitions coming up that might suit the amateur this year? You've, you've been very strong in that, in that regard over the last couple of years. Yeah, we have. We've 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 um we've two two headline events coming up this year. Um, the Locker and Resort Masters is moving into its fifth year, and um, this is a two-day event we set up um obviously five years ago. So, uh, we're very much looking forward to to running it again. So it is thirty-six holes over two days, and um, day one on Castle Hume, day two on the Faldo course. Yeah, accumulate their two scores and they uh, see who is the. The, the green jacket winner as such um, it always generates over 200 players um, from all corners of the island so it's it's a, a brilliant opportunity to showcase both courses as well um, we also have the Lakeland Challenge running Paul so the Lakeland Challenge is a two day event between the Faldo course and Sleeve Russell now the only thing is, is there's no point me kind of promoting or advertising it here because as soon as we launched it it was sold out within a week so it's taking place here in June. Um, so we're very much looking forward to it as well. I suppose um, the Sleeve Russell is also a, a beautiful parkland course in the area. So, you know, when, when we team up with them, it always um, generates great traction from, from members and visitors alike. Brilliant. Barry, listen, thanks very much for, for updating us on the news. Hot off the press, just the last couple of days before I talk to you. So looking forward to that. And uh, listen, we'll keep in touch as things develop over the summer. Yeah, that's brilliant, Paul. A pleasure as always. I've played Locker many a time. Lovely golf course. Lovely spot. Beautiful. Love it down mm. the ground. Um, and it's it's really always in particularly good good condition. The greens are some of the best you'll put on. Um, but it, you know, it isn't you know, it can be a bit wet down there. Help me! Mm. I'm just fingers crossed we get a lovely, a lovely October, um, yeah. because it is, it is a, it's a, it's a great venue. There are beautiful views. Have you ever been down there? I have, I have. I have not, I have not played it. I haven't attempted to play it. I was like, I went. Um, let's see, let's see. We can age me here as well. But also, yeah, it must have been 2010. Yep, went there 2010 before Celtic Manor Bridal Cup to uh, as part of work with uh, Tim Border to interview Mr. McElroy, um, who arrived with his new fancy glasses on. Very nice. No contacts. And he, it was he was home. So we'd been to the opticians and had his wee eyes sorted. Um, it was it was Rory's rider first rider cup. So we were asking him obviously that you've said it's all like a you know, when he, he wasn't taking an, exhi- an, ex- an, an exhibition. exhibition match. Yeah, that's the one. So we went around, we went to the wee bridge and talked in there. We went down to the tent to talk to him there. And um, when we were driving down to the tent, so I was driving him in a buggy and Tim Barter and our cameraman were 
in the buggy behind and then um, whatever time of day it was we were a wee bit later than we were meant to be and all, all the sprinklers suddenly came on and we were trapped on a buggy between sprinklers and I was just panicking and I was just looking and went what will I do and he went I don't know and I was like right and I just put my foot down and drove us both through this massive sprinkler just came around and went and just took both of us out and I tried to like shield them as we went past and he was just like oh my hair is gonna go mad now <laughs> he still had loads of curly hair so we had to like try and dry him out on the, on the time screen. and Tim Bonner was like you know if you just waited like two more minutes they would have continued in the circle and you could just have gone through like we did I was like well clearly no I didn't know that and neither did he <laughs> it was absolutely so good to take his jumper off and put a new jumper oh it was just awful he was like I'm so sorry so I think anytime he saw me after that he was a bit like keep away from me because you're bad <laughs> bad luck woman yeah yeah yeah. the glamorous the glamorous world of life or recording segments for tv yeah exactly that it was a really nice feature though he was great and he spoke really well um about everything and i think that was the first time maybe maybe the first time that the the kelly show stuff was out in the wider kind of sphere than you know, within Northern Ireland, because we'd all seen it a few times, yeah. and I just remember saying to my boss, oh, there's this great thing, because I remember watching it on TV, so we went, wrote to UTV, like, literally phoning them and emailing them to get it on a tape, this is how old it was, obviously, and uh, yeah, so we got that into it, which was great, and it's been everywhere now, but every time I see it, I'm like, we're the first people that I remember that, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, a, oh. it was a great, great piece, what do you say, so myself, oh, very good. Really redeemed himself about the exhibition much comments, but yeah, he was absolutely drenched in the process, so, um, yeah, apologies again, Rory, for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is, yes, I have been to Lockhart, and it's lovely, particularly by the tent. <laughs> I remember he was talking about I was talking about the reed clearance that they've done. And he said ah. he, he said uh, you know that the par the par three there, um he said you know you, the reeds had got up, you couldn't see you couldn't see much of the green. And the last oh. time I the last time I played it, I can guarantee that I saw none of the green. <laughs> so, so, it's just all I could see was reeds. I said, Where where am I aiming? I can see nothing. This is where I'm aiming. That, oh, that red door, hit it over that red door, and you might get lucky. It was just a nightmare. I hate those type of bloody holes. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's great for great for the venue, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it all goes off well and even better. So that means Emma, we now have two Euro Pro Tour events in, in this part year? in Northern yeah. yeah, and the number of events in this part of the world is just going through the roof. We've got, we've Fucking got. Up. Yeah, we've got two. We've got two. Uh, two Euro Pro Tour events. We've got the ISPS Honda. It's just you, you know, there's all the golf you could ever want. We've got the, we've got all the golf you could ever want. Anybody who's mm-hmm. interested in watching a bit of young and upcoming pros and some of the established pros, no reason why you can't get watching them this year. So good luck to everybody down there at the lock. Right mm. then. Finally, finally, let's sink a few hopes, Emma. Let's sink a few masters' hopes. So into the twelfth, yeah. Off they go. The hopes. So uh, this is this is where we 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 really mess things up for people every year. Now we we have done okay. Let's be perfectly honest. We had some success last year. We did. We did. I did have some. You're over. 
whatevering us. We weren't that yeah, bad. We weren't that bad. And, and, you know, even we also made a quite a good fist at, uh, at looking after some of the ladies' events, which a lot of people don't even look at. So, yeah. Well, well, so here we go. This, 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 uh, our master's options for 2022. Now, given that we have no fill, um, you know, what a shame. So, moving, so on. moving <laughs> on, who are you fancying? So here's what we're looking. I'm looking somebody who will be a contender and everybody think they're a contender. And mm-hmm. then possibly a wee outsider who mm-hmm. you think might cause a wee bit of a shock. And we say that knowing that the Masters is the smallest field and it's usually not easy for anybody to come through and shock us. Who are you going for? Well, <laughs> I feel bad for them already. Um, so I do already have my standard, obviously, each way on John Ram, which just happens at the beginning of every year anyway. But him to one side, I... I'm thinking, no, it's interesting. I think that the Speeds and the Thomases and the McElroys are all sort of creeping around the same kind of area and the odds. And Cameron Smith is now elbowed his way in there as well. Now, I did, the TPC is my other exception. Majors in the TPC are the only ones that I lose money on. Um, but I actually had Cameron Smith for the TPC, so I was very happy about that one. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking the amounts that I will not be retiring, but it was more just to make myself happy. Anyway. Um, so I'm toying, I'm toying with Cameron Smith because he is in great form and I think he learned so much around that TPC. Just, I mean, mentally, what a, what a tournament. It was insane with the weather, with the waiting, with the early mornings, with the late starts, with the trying to get your rounds done in case you had to play first. I mean, it was bonkers. Um, and then he kind of just came through all of that and... Yes, obviously the pressure was getting to him. That that tee shot he hit at 17 was obscene. He did not need to hit that shot, obviously. But then I was sort of saying, we were discussing this with my other half thing. Well, if him going for that, you know, if that if that's his length and that's what he wants to do, if that his full swing to hit that makes him feel confident rather than half swinging and messing around with something else, then fair play to him. I mean, Casey should have then tried to do the same thing, given off about his and plug ball but he didn't go for it in 17 anyway and um, so and then obviously there was this shot in 18 that you think actually yeah the pressure is getting to him but then the recovery from that shot was great and um, so I just feel like he's coming to a place where we haven't the the Aussies can do well at um at Augusta and I think he might be a little little dark mullet ridden horse so I'm going to going to go for Cam Smith, even though he might sort of be an outsider technically, usually, but no, I think Morikawa, and I think Morikawa is a boring pick. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I'm I, gonna go for Cam Smith. <laughs> and I actually, I actually go? think, I actually think that you're right. I think he's now pushed himself into the 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 bracket of being one of the contenders. Okay, so I have no it's problem with that. I, I think I think he's I think he can guarantee you can now say Cal Smith is a contender. Um for me, yeah. for me, I like uh, in terms of people who who I feel should do well. Um I, I like Patrick Cantley. I just think 
Mm. I, I know he just hasn't clicked the same state that he finished the sort of the year off last year. And that's understandable. But what a, you know, what a bloody yeah. golfer when he go when he yeah. gets into when he really gets into it. What a golfer. And you know he's just such a such an all round brilliant player that I find it very difficult that uh, to look beyond him. And I think you get a good price from him as well, because I don't think he'll be priced as low as some of the other lads who Having obviously a have a lot of money on him. A wee glance down here. The one I am looking at right at this moment is saying he's he's twenty to one. Yeah, well, that's so good. That's, that's good value. I think that's that's good. Yeah, very good value. And then sort of a wee outsider that I like the look of just because of the way he plays golf. Mm-hmm. Um, is Max Homer? Ah, I just think he's got a very, very, um, you know, it looks almost old-fashioned in the way he plays. He conducts himself very well. He's got a really dry sense of humor. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a, somebody you can you, you, you can like. And um, now his record at Augusta is not good. He's played it a couple of times. He's missed the cut both times. It's actually his major record isn't good. So he, really, it's an area that it, it's an area that he has to improve on. But he has started to show a wee bit of form over the last mm-hmm. while. So I'm really hoping that maybe, maybe as an each wear, as an each wear, it would be mm. worth looking at him. Um, I think you might find him somewhere around 80 to 100 to 1 or something. Might come down a bit, yeah. but if he goes on and wins between now and then. But right now, I think that's another good value bet. What about mm. you? Who's your outsider? My outsider is lurking around the same Bulls is as uh Max, which I think is a very another very insightful little, mm, little decision. I know um, I, it, it sounds good, but I, I haven't got a chance, right? But it sounds <laughs> but, but good. we know they're in Ray's Creek as soon as we've said it, so it doesn't matter. Um no, I I am gonna go for um Bobby McIntyre because he was there for the first time um last year. And his his top twelve finish, I think it was top twelve in the end. Um, yeah, made obviously got him the coming back this year. And at the time, I was as were many made up for him. And he's not won recently, but I think he's shown bits of form here and there. And I just think that the occasion, like he's he is quite up for the big occasions he's you know he puts himself out there he said that that's what he wants to be here for and he's working his way towards and I think having played it really well before he doesn't put too much pressure on himself I think he could be and we're we are talking each weighing here you know I'm I'm not yeah. necessarily thinking he's that's, gonna that's a very interesting one because people yeah. have almost people have almost forgotten Bobby McIntyre because he's kind yes. of dropped off the the scene a wee bit. The form hasn't been brilliant. The failure to make the Ryder Cup seemed to knock him back a bit. Um, yep. Parg was very clear where he, what he needed to do to improve. Like, but that's an interesting one. Um, I would say his price mm-hmm. is quite, quite. What's his price? He's he's eighty as well. He and he. Oh, that needs that's Matthew. that's that's not high. No, I'd be looking more. I'd be looking a bit more for that. I think he's good. Well, once again, let's put it this way: he's in the he's in the field at the match play. 
Yeah. So uh, that could change. I mean, good week there, but that's a good, that's an interesting call, Alan. Um, I think it's very think... difficult. It's very difficult with the Masters when you look at really, they're all very good players. There's nobody yeah. there. You know, okay, there's a couple of the, the, the guys who are playing on exemptions and things and playing as past winners. But, like, there's no there's no duffers left, is there? No. Look at your no, man. Really. Look at your man Riley playing at the, at the Valspar for, yeah. in the playoffs. The other day. It comes out of nowhere. And, Absolutely. you know, it's just that, that's what was said earlier on. They're coming out and they're ready to go. Yeah. So there's no reason why somebody like, like, uh, your your Scottish friend, Mr. McIntyre. Except that he's not American, so he's not a hundred percent primed from the from whatever yeah. place they're growing these people and pumping them yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So now but, we've now we've done all that and we've we've uh, we've sunk these poor fellas. Who do you think? <laughs> like, who do you think actually is going to win it? Because that's who would like to win it. Who do you actually think is going to win it? I just don't know. Do you know some? Usually, I really do have quite a strong feeling about the master. Whether it obviously goes on to be right or not is another thing. But do you know what? It's just so open. It really does feel very open, and I think it's partly because the way that the season's been going so far as well. Like you look at the top tens and things. It's not even necessarily the people you would expect to have been up there. Maybe one or two of them, but it's not been consistently all the big familiar names and on any of the leaderboards really at, at yeah. the end of a tournament it's kind of it's, hard to... if you were going on form you'd just say scotty scheffler well, sam yes, burns exactly. but it's the well, masters it's the masters yeah. and you know we know how tricky it is and all you know the the mistake of the masters and how it's so difficult to win around it without playing a bit and all that sort of stuff but yeah. maybe maybe we're just maybe maybe this is the year that that all changes as well and yeah. Some, some young fella just go, I'm going to win this. And what's the difference? All right, don't touch me. Don't touch me. See you. Shaking that ass.